the powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back, everybody. We are broadcasting live on VoiceAmerica.com. This is Lori H. Schwartz, your tech cat, and we are at the Insight Innovation Exchange Conference 2016 in Atlanta, talking to marketers, researchers, insight drivers, and for the first time today, a catalyst. So we have the fantastic Denise Drummond Dunn from C3 Centricity. She is the president and the customer centricity catalyst. I love that name. And you are here to talk about how strategy and insights, the strategy and insights that are coming out of research. So we've been talking to a lot of researchers, but you're sort of next after that research, right? Or part of your process is that. Absolutely, Laurie, and it's great to be here to be able to talk about my passion, which is customer centricity. And I believe that customer centricity is very much the future of market research, because if we remain in the data gathering, we're going to get replaced by robots and automation. So we really need to make more use of our brains and to spend time thinking about how to impact our customers and consumers. So give me an example of of how that would play out with a client, you know, where you would get involved after a marketing research company did the research or does your company also do research, but your role is that um, that catalyst role? No, I am a one-woman show. I'm a solopreneur. Okay. And um, my job is either to come in at the beginning when companies have problems. They quite often call me when they have problems that they don't know how to solve. And I'll look at what they are trying to do and see, do they need more information? Because quite often the information is available in the company, but they just don't know how to integrate it and find the insights from it. Or I get called in at the end when the research they've done didn't deliver the answers they were hoping for. Mm. And there I will again go through the work that they have, the results they have, and reanalyze it and look for answers to their questions. And quite often I find their answers that perhaps the research agency didn't. Oh, interesting. But I'm very lucky. I have the extra position of being uh, an internal, I have that external perspective, but working with internal people. So I quite often get a lot more information about the company than perhaps maybe some of the research suppliers do. Right, right, right. Because you're able to be nimble. Exactly. And, and really, really be a partner to them. So can you give us an example of, of uh, you know, an insight or something that you helped using this approach with, with a client without, you know, obviously giving away their name, but just like an, you know, a case study of how this played out? I had a great example of this uh, just last year. I was working for a pharma company and they had actually started doing some research and it wasn't ideal so I was able to stop it and make some changes to it. They were researching amongst doctors who aren't the easiest people to find and to interview and I thought that as they got the time with the doctors, they should make sure that they get all the information they need. So I adapted the questionnaire. And more importantly, when all the transcripts came back, the uh, research agency they used had just given the answers to the questions. But by doing some simple cross-tabulations and some extra analyses, 
I found there was a hole in the market. Mm. And when I explained to my client, they said, well, nobody else is in that space. And I said, well, exactly. That's why I'm suggesting you work in this area. And it was a totally new way to mm -hmm. work with the doctors using online platforms and webinars that nobody else was using. And it enabled them to really deliver their message because they were number three on the market, so they didn't have the budgets of their major competitors. And they were able to get their voice heard and have a huge impact on a very limited budget. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, and how long have you been doing this kind of work? Um, I think you mentioned that you were in research for a little bit, but you seem to have, ha have that insight you know, and that training. Where did you start out in, at a marketing research company? Well, I actually started in finance in the city of London. Okay, nice. My degree is in I did hear <laughs> something. I was thinking, again, Jersey, Long Island. I wasn't <laughs> sure what it was. <laughs> I'm a world member. Okay. I've worked internationally all my life. I started in the city of London, but I got tired of working with money. I wanted to work with re real people. And I real am so life. tired of working with money, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I don't, so I'm very happy. So I worked with products. I moved to Gillette and then to Philip Morris and uh, most recently, to Nestle. Mm -hmm. And uh, in all of these, I had market research as part of my job, either doing it in the beginning or managing departments that actually did the work. So I became very used to looking at the results and really delivering the strategies and uh, insights from information. And being so long in the business, I was able to speak the business language that quite often the board needs rather than talking statistical significance. Right, you're able to translate between the different parties, you know, which makes you an, an excellent consultant because you can come in and actually patch together. You know, uh, I mean, that's what I try to do, too, in a different version of it. But I'm always translating for all the different people in the ecosystem. You yeah. have to speak a person's language for yeah. them to listen to you. And they have to listen to you to see your value. So I, I try to fit in wherever I am. And as I said, I've worked in over 100 countries. So I feel very at home in any country in the world. Now, where are you living now? I live in Switzerland. I've been in Switzerland for about 40 years now. Wow. Um, before that, I lived in Belgium. Um, uh, and so um, do, you don't have to go to Switzerland when you want neutrality because you're already there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and I always say I have a very neutral perspective. And that's what clients like about me because I don't work for any of the big market research or right, right. advertising. And you're not trying to get an AOR of sorts. Uh, Absolutely so not. You're, you're really just working to serve the client at the time. I'm totally neutral. And everything I do is personalized to my client. I have no off-the-shelf off products. So so I'm not going to do the McKinsey, oh, you need a 23A to answer that. Right, right, right. That's great. Now, um, this is a conference a about a lot of um, new technology. Is, is there any of that impacting how you are moving through your business now? Um, are you leveraging any of these, you know, p online platforms, AI engines, biometrics, any of the stuff that a lot of the folks we've been interviewing today are talking about? Absolutely. As I said, I'm, I'm a one-woman show, but I do work with very specific partners who have expertise in some of these areas. So I'm working with Sci Futures, who's um, giving the presentation yesterday and uh, has... I'm related to them. You're <laughs> related to them. Okay. Well, uh, I didn't yeah. know that. No, I'm uh, the, the uh, co-partner of, of the uh, main, of the CEO is my baby daddy. 
<laughs> He's actually my husband. Scott Suskind, the other partner of Psychic oh. is my husband. <laughs> I hope we're cutting this bit out. <laughs> well, I know Ari for a long time. Got so. it, got it. Um, I always say that in client meetings, by the way, because we often are, um, I'm a media futurist, so I'm often in their client events, and so I throw out the baby daddy thing, and everyone goes, what? <laughs> oh, oh, and, then they, and, then, and then Scott says, no, no, we're married, because for some reason that freaks people out. So. I would be shocked if you weren't, <laughs> after my good Catholic upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right, my rabbi would be unhappy. But anyway, <laughs> so, so coming back to... Yes. So, uh, Ari, so you're working with Ari. Yes, and um, I have other partners that work in facial coding. Okay. And um, also with big data. And I'm just really excited to start working with the global leader in search and social media databases. Oh, nice. So we have uh, the biggest database in the world on this. And it's amazing what you can get in terms of answers when you stop asking questions to consumers. Oh, amazing. So you're really advocating stop with all the you know, getting the data, it's there, go in there and make sense of it. Well, I sometimes find the gaps, yeah. but most of the time it really is about understanding what we've got, see if there's any gaps, fill those gaps. Don't just go and do the same old research as you've done before. And more importantly, work with the information you've got, integrate it with other sources. Don't just look at market research. There's so much information flowing into organizations today. We don't need information. We need answers to the why. I always right. say we've got enough about the what, the where, and the why, and the when, but we have very little on the why. And that's where I think we need to concentrate our efforts. Now, have you seen, just because you are uh, obviously a, a woman of the world, uh, uh, you know, very. Sorry, could you put that a different way? <laughs> <laughs> You're a world traveler. Thank You're you. I prefer that. <laughs> <laughs> a global, a global uh, you know, catalyst. Um, are you seeing, do you see any trends in terms of products and consumer behavior that is specific to regions or is everything now, you know, really kind of global? I mean, are behaviors getting to the point where, you know, in every country you're going to find that or do you see certain regions are really different? I'm going to be very Swiss and say that depends. There okay. are some products that cut across all societies mm -hmm. and others that are regional or even local. Uh, due to cultural and traditional behaviors. So I think you, you raise a very good point that especially large multinationals have to become aware that there are differences and that they can sell the same products, but perhaps in a different way, in the way they speak and communicate the messages. Interesting. That, that's really interesting. And in, in terms of just things that are going on in our global culture today, is there anything that you are really surprised about having, you know, been sort of a customer centric person for so long? Like anything that's really thrown you off that you're surprised about that's going on right now? Uh, yes, I'm surprised, but I'm more frustrated that everybody is talking about the importance of customer centricity. And yet, very few companies are walking the talk. You only have to look at their websites. All companies have websites today, but try to contact them. And if you go to their contact page, quite often you will have a form to fill in, sometimes a drop-down menu. You have to say, why are you contacting them? And it goes into hyperspace. You don't know who it's gone to mm -hmm. or why, or if you're going to get a response. Now the customer-centric approach, you go to a website, they give you email addresses, they give you postal addresses, they give you 
actually where they are located, so you can go and see them face to face, or you can send them a message. So providing information so a customer can contact you in the way they prefer and not in the way you prefer. Right, and that's such a simple explanation for what you do, you know, which is make the thing usable. <laughs> it's think customer first. And I, one of my, my recommendations when people say, how do I become more customer centric is ask yourself every meeting you go into or you take a decision and you come out of is how would our customers feel about the decision we've just taken? If it's not customer centric, reconsider. I mean, I can't understand why companies still reduce the contents of their packages, but don't tell consumers. They're basically Im imposing a price increase, but they're not telling consumers. And one day the consumer wakes up and says, but this pack is only half full. Right, right. And then they will change brands and it's too late. Now, a customer-centric approach, either make the packaging smaller, but I understand there are limitations on changing the way the products are made, or at least inform the customer by saying same great taste but only 200 grams now or some way to inform the customer I've changed the contents mm -hmm. and that way the customer won't be disappointed when they open the pack. God I want to move through my life like that just in my relationships. <laughs> it can be used in everything. Yeah, just ask yeah. yourself how would my partner, how would my customer, how mm -hmm. would my colleagues feel about the decision that I've taken and if you know they disagree. Why take that decision? Mm -hmm. that, that is quite brilliant. Now, um, Denise Drummondon, where can we find you? If people want to read more about what you're doing or hear more about you or just even contact you, uh, do you have a website? How do, how do people get in touch? My website is c3centricity.com. It's written as it's spelt. Okay. <laughs> um, you can look up Denise Drummondon. I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter, all the social media. I'm very active on social media. One thing I should say is my name is spelt with a Y, D-E-N-Y-S-E, -E, because my mother put Ys in all our name. It's a, a letter of protection. Oh, I love that. So oh, I want a Y. <laughs> <laughs> so is it, and, and your hashtag is at... DGD uh, or? No, Denise CH. Okay. CH for Switzerland. Okay. Because it was actually my fault. It was originally Denise DD. And then when I tried to go back in, they said the name's already taken because I'd forgotten my password. So I've recreated <laughs> Denise CH. So D E N Y S E C H. Well, we'll follow you anyway. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, Laurie. it's been so great talking to you. And we are broadcasting live here on Voice America at the IIEX conference and speaking to Denise, who has just kind of opened up my mind to a different way of thinking about you know working with clients really so thank you so much I want to be customer centric too and you Voice America folks should be too <laughs> thank you Laurie okay. I'm glad I've convinced you but if I've convinced anybody in America to think the customer first that would be great thank you so much and we'll be back the powerhouse of internet talk radio voiceamerica.com Get a unique and playful insider's take on the biggest stories in tech, media, and entertainment. Join Lori H. Schwartz, well-known technology catalyst, comedian, and geek girl, as she and leading experts in the media and content business dive into the biggest stories in technology trends, consumer behaviors, and its impact on Hollywood. If you're looking to respond to the tech-fueled changes in the marketplace, then tune in to the Tech Cat Show, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Business and syndicated to Voice America Women's Channel.